Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. We are thrilled and delighted to have with us Keith Helprin. He is a senior partner at Corn Ferry. As I do with everyone, just you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about Corn Ferry's background, particularly because I think most people don't quite understand how big a company Corn Ferry is in the training space. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, Corn Corn Ferry is uh, uh, over a billion dollar organization, and probably most of you know Corn Ferry as a search firm, and and that is. Uh, about a third of the Corn Ferry practice. We're really interested in the whole uh, leadership development space, including uh, identifying effective leaders, uh, then the, the search part of our business, and we have a large part of the business that is on leadership training and consulting and, and building the, the bench strength of leaders in organizations. And I'm part of the practice. I don't do search. I'm part of the organization that works with leaders uh, to uh, in, improve their competence and their leadership skills. Sounds fabulous. So why don't we just start there with leadership? How Great. does Corn Ferry develop leaders? Yeah, a, a, a number of ways. And, and I think some of the things that uh, we've talked about that may differentiate us in terms of that leadership development space is, is really taking a, a very holistic approach in thinking about how you develop leaders. Um, our, our belief is that uh, training uh, should not be a single event, uh, but really development is a journey, uh, and training is a, a part of that journey, and it, it also has to be done within the context. It's not uh, good enough to just look at specific discrete skills, but then how do you uh, really think about what, what does that business need, uh, what do the leaders need in that business, and how do you build that leadership journey that links to what's important to them and where they have a chance to apply those skills and experiences right on the job. So we look for those development opportunities that involve training, that involve experience, that involve immersion, uh, and it, it all comes together as a, as a whole cloth for development. Could, could you share maybe some examples of some of those type of things that you guys do? Sure. Um, one example, for, for instance, is an organization we've been working with for a number of years, and we're looking at uh, high potential people that would be moving into the general manager ranks. And the general manager job is, is a real pivotal job for this particular organization. So they're putting special emphasis on, on that group. Uh, we, we really started by identifying what do effective general managers in this organization need. Uh, and then after we did that, we, we developed an assessment tool to assess these high potential leaders. And the program included that assessment tool and feedback from the assessment. From there, we moved into training modules around those critical skills. Hmm. Then we built what's often called action learning projects, where teams would have to work on a real-life issue back in the organization over a 12-week period. In the middle of that 12-week period, they went through uh, an immersion program. One of the things this organization was focusing on is building up their business in emerging markets. So the, this group went to an emerging market and spent two days in that market, learning about that market, 
understanding how business is done in that emerging market, and then bringing that back uh, into the classroom. And, and there continued the, the training on their, how, what they've learned and how to build that business, and they presented that out to senior leaders. So senior leaders got to hear their insights, their knowledge, their learning uh, about leading in an emerging market space. So you can see how it's a journey, not yeah. an event, and it's linked to what the organization needs. I have a feeling that you made almost everybody jealous. Because <laughs> yes. That you know that that you know the issue the issue of how do you get the support to make something yes. like that that yeah. really work. Right. Um, but I, I want to highlight, if I can, at the very beginning of what you talked about, because I do think personally it's something that's missed, and and that is determining who the superstars are and benchmarking why they're superstars mm -hmm. and really understanding that because a lot of times people move to, well, what are the skill sets, not what are the skill sets of the people yes. and matching the two. And I, I really, I just wanted to point that out to everyone because I think that's really a, a great thing. And, and I, I love the whole, the whole concept and I'm going to skip a little bit on our questions here, but how do you get an organization to understand and value doing something that, that big? Um, let, let me answer that. Then I want to go back and say something about that, the uh, identifying people. For sure, go right ahead. Uh, but in terms of, you, you obviously need a, uh, a champion inside the organization, as you do in most uh, kind of change initiatives. And, and I think you need to make sure that the development is linked to where is the organizational pain? Uh, what's the need? Uh, going back to that one example again, that, that we were able to identify that the general management position was, was a real pivotal position for the success of that organization, and it, and it took a, a, a lot of diverse skills to be effective in that position. They also were able to identify that a lot of general managers were, not, were moving into that role and not successful. So there, yeah. was, there was a pain point. And we're able to, to talk to the successful ones. And all of them said, we need to develop people earlier if we're going to be successful in moving them into that role. So we got a critical mass of, of senior people in the organization say, here's some pain. Here's an important issue. Uh, and then it was easy to back in and say, let's look at how we can develop leaders to achieve that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, again, what... Who's the champion? What's the what's the problem you're trying to solve in the organization? What's the pain? Show them that here's a way to help resolve that. Uh, seems to work. Uh, the the other interesting thing, going back to your comment about identifying, because that's always a challenge. Uh, how, how do you uh, how are you sure you're identifying the right people? And and this and this was a um, evolution in in this organization. Uh, because, again, we did a fairly thorough uh, evaluation and assessment as part of the program. Yeah. But then we shared the feedback from that assessment with the people in the, the talent organization. And the very first time we did the program, we had some mixed results in terms of that assessment. And what we were able to do is use that assessment as a way to back into making sure they're selecting the right people for that program. So then the second time and the third time we did the program, the caliber of, pe caliber of people got better and better right. because it was that feedback loop of the people they were selecting. 
We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. What are the types of ideas you could share with, the, with, with everyone here on how to help just sort of the overall organization be more effective? I think that in the in terms of the overall organization, uh, and again, our, our focus is mostly on leaders in the organization, and, and we we look at uh, at leaders in, in in four different dimensions around leadership. There's uh, experience, and, and what are the key experiences that those leaders have, and and how do we help people in leadership roles throughout the organization get some of those uh, critical experiences that they need. Uh, we also look at uh, traits uh, and, and hear what and, and be able to identify. And I think I believe there are some common traits across leaders that they need in order to be successful. So we can look at what are those common traits uh, across leaders, across industries. And that may be a way to help uh, leaders throughout the organization be successful. We, we also need to pay attention to the drivers. Um, as you probably know, it's, Leading is hard work. Yeah, it's it takes a lot of energy. It, it takes a lot of passion, uh, and so to try to understand, uh, do those people really have the the drive to really want to do it, or are they doing it because they're told to, or it's the next step on the ladder? Uh, so it's I think it's important to help organizations look at at those factors as well, and then finally looking at what what are those competencies or skills that are needed. So thinking about Helping them identify the right experiences. Uh, what are what are what's the style of personality that's critical across leaders? Uh, the the drive to be leaders, and then the competencies. And if we can build programs to help organizations do all of that. Uh, then I think we are upping the game for all leaders. So what are, what are those? Just share some of those key uh, attributes of, of of good leaders from your point of view. Yeah, one of one of the things, a, a, a big thing, and, and we've done a fair amount of research in this area, as as uh, others have done, uh, is, for instance, uh, learning agility, uh, because le leaders moving into new situations often, moving into the unknown and to uh, uh, uncertainty and ambiguity, uh, need to be able to adjust. They need to be able to uh, learn from past experiences, but then apply that. In, in brand new situations. Uh, and uh, for instance, uh, again, we have some uh, methodology to assess learning agility and then, and then to teach it and then to help leaders uh, be able to become uh, more flexible, more agile, more able to handle uh, these first time situations. Uh, so that would be uh, certainly one example. Uh, other things that we know are critical around leadership is building a, a, a high level of trust uh, with yep. the people that you're leading uh, and, and ways of doing that. Uh, certainly in today's world, uh, innovation, creating a culture for innovation is important uh, and create, uh, being able to lead change with everything going on is important. So those are some of the examples of some of those key competencies that we could train around and, and really build leadership skills. 
You've said some things here that I think are really important because when I think of your company, and mm-hmm. and I have a very good friend, by the way, that works in your training division, so <laughs> I, know, I know your company from, from him and right. tremendous respect. I don't think people really quite understand the depth of the research that you guys do and that expertise that you bring that other people just can't duplicate because you're, you're not you're – not, you don't – think this is the right thing. You know this is the right thing yeah. because you do the research. And yeah. maybe talk a little bit about how you go about doing that and the depth of the work you guys do to, to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have uh, – uh, I'm a Ph.D. psychologist, and, and we have um, you know probably more than 300 uh, PhDs in our organization. It kind of feels like a mini university at times. And, yeah. and we have a, a part of the organization is the Corn Ferry Institute. And that's the institute that, that does a lot of the research. And what's nice about it is we're able to uh, really take applied situations and, and put some rigorous research behind it. So, for example, we uh, part of our business is assessing leaders. Again, not in the search part of the business, but in the leadership development part of the business, we do uh, psychological and, and business assessments. We see more than 10,000 executives a year uh, around the world. And, yeah. and what we do with that is those assessments is we're able to then mine the data and we're able to go back to the organization and get some criterion information about success. We can then look at the data uh, and, and then from all of that, pull together uh, what does it really take uh, for leaders to be successful. Uh, so we're fairly confident that we've got uh, great depth of wisdom because we all of the information that we use we will then turn into research information. And, of course, it's confidential because it's uh, gathered in, a, in group settings. But we, we know what, what makes for effective leaders. We just recently yeah. put together a, a brand-new uh, survey, a brand-new psychological test uh, for leaders because of all of that research we've developed over the years. So we continuously improve and continuously you know, up, up our game in terms of both training and uh, assessment. Well, and I think it, it's fabulous and kind of interesting because as your business grows, you just keep learning more and more and more. Exactly. Which, which, is, which yeah. is fabulous. I'd love for a moment here for you to talk about maybe the changes you've seen in the world of training and maybe a little bit about what you think might be coming down the road. Yeah. And, and, um, and what, what I, I think said at the beginning is, is some of the things I see in terms of changes in training, things that we're trying to do. Uh, it, you know, it, it used to be, uh, I remember years ago, when, <laughs> and we had a, uh, I was working with an organization, we had a 13-day-in-a-row training program. Uh, if, if you think about GE way back when in Crotonville, and they still have Crotonville, but they would have two-week-long programs at Crotonville. Uh, m- my sense is the uh, time of the two-week uh, out-of-the-office training program is, is probably uh, almost over, if not, if not totally over. I, I, I hate to tell you it's not as over as you think it is. Ah, okay. Uh, and, and it's very typical for us when we see clients and such is to say, no, you've got to break this up and, and – it's just too much to expect. People exactly. Exactly. But, but there are so many companies out there, particularly because we we our area specialty is franchising, which is a little different. Right. And there are a lot of franchise organizations that start with two or three week uh, onboarding and starting programs, and and it's it's overwhelm for people. But you know, I 
I agree with you completely. It's too much. And yeah, and, and I and I think a lot of organizations are finding that, and particularly at that uh, leadership level. So I I think that part of what is changing and what will probably continue to change is, is one uh, chunking the the programs. That's a that's a technical term. I hope you understand it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a soup. Yeah, it's like soup, right? It's much better than just uh, broth. Chunking <laughs> uh, the, the programs into those uh, small modules. One example, and a number of examples where we do that, we'll have instead of one two-week program, if we are able to get that much time with our uh, participants, we'll break it down into uh, three-day or two-day modules. Uh, also, the importance of learning on the job and at work, but have that learning be guided. Uh, you, you always hear that comment about uh, most of the learning happens on the job, and probably familiar with the CCL, 70% of the learning happens on the job and 30 through training programs. I think that's true, but I don't think that just by having experience, people learn. Uh, yeah. I, I think people need to reflect on that experience and they need to get some coaching in order to learn from that experience. And in, in fact, they find a, a difference between a 22% learning if you just get thrown into an experience versus an over 80% learning if there's some uh, coaching or development or guiding around the experience you're having. So I think chunking uh, I think then having uh, appropriate experiences on the job with some facilitation, with some guidance, with some coaching, so people can really grow from those experiences, uh, and having uh, kind of multimedia approaches are probably things that are happening will continue to happen. Uh, online learning, not just online learning, but blending online learning with classroom, with uh, on-the-job experiences, uh, all with the result of uh, clear uh, people doing their job better, and you can see it yeah. on the job because they're working on projects on the job. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortle.net. I'm going to ask you a really tough question now. Uh-oh. <laughs> some, some, sometimes in organizations, the learning on the job fails because mm -hmm. the people that are there now have the wrong attitude, uh, have been poorly trained, and have the wrong habits. How do you deal with that? In, in, this, in this type of leadership development, Context? Yeah, yeah, or or in any. I mean, you're you, you know you're, you're working with a with a company and the, and they, the, you know, it, it, maybe the term might be culture change, mm -hmm. uh, might be the right term for this, but where it's not just who you're teaching and bringing in, but you have issues with the people there that that, oh, they, that are in the organization around that are in the organization that have bad that have bad habits yeah. that you know you don't want them to do that training because they're going to train people. Not in the right way, but they'll, they'll make they'll make them many negative, not productive people. Yeah, I think if I understand you right, I, I I remember really getting caught up in that because I was working with a group of participants, and of course I was then asking them to go back to their boss and to get some information about X, Y, and Z. And when they came back the next time, um, I discovered that 
they didn't do any of that, or the people who tried it got stiff-armed. Uh, yeah. Then I discovered, oh, well, you, you, you can't provide the training out of context and then throw them back in that, that same uh, dirty swimming pool and expect that they're, they're now going to be clean and, and not get any germs. Uh, so I think it really is important, uh, whether it is the, the trainer or someone else who's uh, a champion in that organization, to work with the, the people around the organization to provide that support to ensure that they know what, what the uh, outcome is of this uh, leadership program, uh, what the expectations are, and what their role is in supporting. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I uh, am able to do kind of executive overviews. And yeah. I do an overview for the executives of here's the program, here's what's going to happen, and then we spend some time saying, let's talk about what your role is uh, in this process. Uh, there are times where I'm able to uh, coach uh, executives one-on-one. -on -one. So we've got a group of participants, and I can talk to the executive uh, about their role, about the participants, about what's going to happen. So having that one-on-one -on -one coaching. Likewise, if we do action learning projects and there's an internal sponsor that's working on that project, it's really critical for that sponsor to get coached on what's your role as a sponsor? What, yeah. you, should be, what you should be doing? How are you going to support uh, this team that's going through this uh, action learning assignment and project. So yes, to somehow make sure you're touching people uh, outside of the, the quote, the classroom. And, and the, the last thing around that that I try to do is to make sure that whatever we're trying to teach or promote in the classroom can be done by those folks without getting permission. So as long as it's skills that they can learn, uh, it's a style they can adapt but they don't need to go back and ask the organization, is it okay to do this? Then you have a better chance of being successful than if you're teaching something that they have to go back and, and then get permission to implement. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Get the buy-in early, um, which is one of the toughest things. Yes. Um, sort of on this point, maybe slightly different, but one of the difficulties people have in training is ROI. How do you, how do you determine, is it a good return on investment? And, and, you know, always it's so difficult because it's not like the organization's frozen and the only thing you've changed is training. Exactly. So how do you justify it? But, you know, when we were talking sort of in advance of this, you were saying there are other ways that you can show a return other than a literal ROI. And, and right. let me share some of those uh, with yeah. everyone on, on, the, on the webinar. <laughs> so one, one thing that comes to mind is I was uh, working in an organization, I was working with some of the marketing folks, and, and one of the marketing guys uh, for this company sponsored a, a NASCAR. You know, so they had their, the company's name on the NASCAR and, and all of that, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know that, that type of sponsorship. And I said, well, what's the return on investment for that? Um, and, you know, he had no clue. Yeah. How, are you, how are you going to have a clue? Uh, so there's a part of me that, that feels that um, people in our profession feel terribly guilty that we can't come up with an ROI, and if we, uh, uh, you know, financial ROI. And if we look at uh, our brethrens in, in the marketing area, if we look at people in IT who give everyone new computers, well, what's the return on investment of that new computer? Well, I think they're going to work better. How do you know that? Well, they don't know that. Uh, so one is I think we need to be a little less guilty. <laughs> yeah. But then second, the, the, do in some ways do what 
those people who sponsor NASCAR and, and provide people with new laptops will do. And, and that, there, there, are two, there are two things. One is to um, get stories. And a lot of times when I, again, do a major training journey, not a single event, um, and people do things in between, I get a lot of stories from them. What did you do? What was the impact that you had? There are times I'm able in, uh, you know, during graduation of these programs to get the senior leaders to come in and listen to the stories that the participants tell uh, yeah. about the impact that the program had, and they sometimes can put an ROI on it. Uh, I remember this was just a couple weeks ago. One person talked about influencing in a different way after going through the program and then working with someone right afterwards where he believed he was able to save $700,000 because of what he did differently than he would have done prior to coming to the program. And he told that story to uh, the executives who were around the room. So if you think about a, yeah. just a couple of people saving that amount of money is going to be amazing. Also, if you do action learning, uh, those action learning projects that are part of development in, in the right context, you can see a result from those projects. So you can get uh, ROI light from yeah. those type of stories. The other thing we have is a, is a tool we call Time to Change. It's a 360 tool that looks at behavior change. And we ask the participants first to identify what behaviors are you going to change because you were here? So they, they make that commitment on a behavior that they're going to change. Then we go back uh, three to six months later and we asset, we have their, their peers, their direct reports, their bosses complete a survey that's asking them, what extent did you see a change in this person's behavior, and it's the behaviors they said they were going to change. So we're then able to go back to the organization and say, well, here, here's what people said they were going to do, and here's what people felt they did do. So we get that level three behavior change, and through stories, you can get some information about level the, the Kirkpatrick level four ROI type of feedback. Well, those are really terrific ideas, and I, and I really like that idea of going back to people after and, and judging what they feel the change is. I'll just throw out an idea from my side, the Great. technique I use, which is a pre-assessment mm -hmm. of people and their desire for change, uh, for training. Mm -hmm. So what I find is that there are tons of people that want more training. So if you develop an assessment of the people and one of the questions are, do you feel you can improve your uh, performance at work with training? Do you want training? Then you, you, you have this sort of proven demand that, 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 can, make, that can make a difference. Yeah. Um, but um, I, you know, I'm very impressed with the way you guys look at the world and see things and, and jealous of your information, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, Thank you. You know, we're talking about our own, we're talking about this, you know, what it means, but one of the areas I think that training helps is retention, and maybe talk a little bit about that and the importance of that in terms of how management would look at training. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that management, uh, senior management, will look at training as a retention tool, but it is. I mean, we know uh, that it is. I mean, there's been a lot of research that uh, that people, uh, you know, the old Gallup comment that people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. Uh, yeah. so developing your bo the bosses in training will, will help the retention of their people. Uh, and retention is increased uh, from the participants who go to those programs uh, because they, you're not going to always get a promotion, you're not going to always be able to get ahead, and there's been a lot of research, ours and others, that say people want to be developed. People want to be paid attention to. Uh, if they feel they're being developed, uh, they're going to stay longer in the organization, they're going to feel good about the organization, so absolutely there's data to support that. Uh, from the participant point of view, there's certainly data to support that if we can improve the bosses through training that yeah. they will have more retention in their workplace. I was working in, in uh, China a couple of years ago in Beijing where uh, people were moving constantly because they were gonna, you know, they're going to get another $20,000 if they move to this or get a title if they move from job A to job B. And it was interesting, one, uh, one person came to me after a program and said, you know what, I have an offer that's more ex that where I get a better salary and a better title in this company but I felt so good that Company X that I was working with uh, took the opportunity to train me and to spend time with me and to pay, spend money on me that, you know, I think I'm going to stay and, and yeah. not take that other offer. Uh, so that, you know, it's just a very personal example of, I think, things that are going on in people's heads all the time. I want to thank you very much. Uh, Keith, uh, I want to just end and say that I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, I learned as we went, which is great. Uh, a lot of respect for you and a lot of respect for your company. And thank you very much for participating. We really appreciate it. Evan, thank you. I enjoyed it. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>